the word of the Lord. Amen. Today we are looking in the book of Hebrews chapter number 11 this morning. Hebrews chapter number 11, God's hall of fame of faith. Hebrews chapter number 11. And we will begin reading with verse number 32 this morning. Hebrews chapter number 11. Begin reading with verse number 32. Read down and include verse 34. The writer of Hebrews says, And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and, and Barak and, and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Look back at verse number 32 this morning. Included in this list is Samson. This morning I want to talk to you about the rise and fall of Samson, the rise and fall of Samson. Father, I thank you for the word of the Lord today. God, we know that your word is powerful. God, we just pray today that under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we can be transformed into the very oracle, the very mouthpiece or spokesperson of God. We can speak the very word that God would have to be spoken today. God, I pray by the Holy Spirit that you will, Lord, do the work in this service today. Begin to do a work, Lord, of conviction in lives that need to be convicted today. Father, there are other needs that are represented today. Lord, Holy Spirit, begin to prepare hearts today, Lord, to do uh, in and through them what is needed. In Jesus' name we pray. All of God's people said praise the Lord. And you may be reseated this morning. Samson is listed in God's hall of fame of faith. He's listed alongside names like David and Moses and, and Abraham. Judges chapter 16 verse number 31 tells us that Samson was one of the judges of Israel and says that he judged Israel for 20 years. And yet the Bible tells us nothing about his judgeship. Nothing about Samson's dealings with his own people is written. Only his dealings with his enemies are recorded. That leads me to believe that there was a whole lot more to this man named Samson than the Bible records of him. My subject today is the rise and fall of Samson. To be totally accurate, it would, it would actually be the rise and fall and rising again of Samson. Samson had the call of God upon his life from birth. Judges chapter 13 and verse 7 says, The angel of God spoke to Samson's mother and said, This child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Samson's life was marked by God from the, from the moment of his conception. He was to be sanctified, set apart, dedicated to the work and the service of Almighty God. Samson's life was marked for greatness. The Bible says that the Spirit of God would come mightily upon him. Oh, he was the world's original Superman. But Samson had his faults. He had his faults. Number one this morning, uh, he wanted what he wanted and didn't care what the rules were. I said he wanted what he wanted and he didn't care 
what the rules were. Samson based his decisions on pleasure rather than principle. Whoever coined the phrase, you only go around once in life, so grab all the gusto you can. Whoever coined that phrase must have been thinking of Samson when they wrote it. Let me describe Samson with three words this morning. Let me suggest, first of all, he was restless. Restless. Oh, nothing seemed to satisfy him. He, he went from woman to woman to woman. He went from event to event to event, from one thing to the other. And perhaps that, that, that describes somebody here today, somebody here today. You're like Samson. You're restless. You, you go from one thing to the other, from one event to the other, from one thing to the other, seeking satisfaction, but nothing seems to satisfy. You've tried possessions. Oh, you've had every make and model of automobile there is. Oh, you've had this house and that house and some other house. Oh, you've had the latest and the greatest as far as doodads and gadgets are concerned. You've tried possessions. You've tried position. You've had this job. You've had that job. You've had the other job. You've tried pleasure. Oh, oh, you've been everywhere and, and you've done everything and still you are not satisfied. There is a restlessness in your spirit. Not only was Samson restless, but he was, he was reckless. Reckless. He wanted what he wanted when he wanted it. Ignore the fact that the woman in Timnah was the daughter of a Philistine, Israel's number one enemy. How, how she's a looker and he wants her. Ignore the fact that the woman from Gaza is a harlot. How, how Samson wants her. Ignore the fact that Delilah is the devil's daughter. But Samson wants her, no matter what the cost, no matter what the price. Oh, he was restless, he was reckless, he was ruthless. You better not get in the way of his desires. Oh, he would do whatever he had to do in order to feed his desires. Samson wanted what he wanted and he didn't care what the rules were. His motto was, rules are made to be broken. Rules didn't seem to apply to him. Oh, at least the way he thought. And maybe that is you today. Oh, maybe you're here today and you're a little bit or a lot like Samson and you've chosen to disregard the rules. Oh, perhaps you think that that, that these rules don't apply to you. They apply to everybody else. Oh, they might have applied to mom and dad, grandma and grandpa. They might have applied to everybody else, but these rules don't apply to you. Oh, maybe you think these rules are, 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 are archaic and old-fashioned and out of date. How oh, maybe you, maybe you this morning, you're living by the new rules. Written by man for man. Called secular humanism. But oh, if that be so this morning, you need to be reminded of what the wisdom writer wrote in Proverbs 14 and 12. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. Notice something else about Samson this morning. He wanted what he wanted and he forgot what the consequences were. He wanted what he wanted, but he forgot what the consequences 
were. Let me tell you something this morning, friend. God will, God will allow you to have what you want to have. And God will allow you to do whatever it is you want to do. But it will come with a price tag. Romans 6 and 23 tells us the wages of sin is death. Let's talk just a little bit this morning about sin. It's not a very popular subject. Nobody likes to talk about it. And very few people are talking about it today. But we still talk about it at New Bethel. Let me, let me suggest two things about sin this morning. Number one, sin seduces. Sin seduces. Satan uses a three-step process. First of all, he lies. He lies. He tells us what we want to hear. He tells us things like, it's okay to lust. God made you that way. It's okay to look at porn. Oh, it's not really real. It's only pictures. It's okay to to get drunk. It's not sin. It's a disease. It's okay to cheat on your income tax. The government is mishandling the tax money anyway. Oh, you're, you're, you're not rude. He tells us, oh, you just have a colorful personality. He tells us what we want to hear. He makes promises to us that he simply cannot keep. Not only can he not keep them, he's never intended to keep them because the Bible says he's a liar. He says, he or she will make you happy. Go ahead and have the affair. You'll never be happy without them. And God will understand. God's a God of love. God's a God of grace. He'll understand. Oh, he says, the Bible is not true. It's just a collection of myths and made-up stories. There's no heaven or hell. That's just what your mom and daddy taught you in order for you to be a good little boy or a good little girl. Oh, there's no right, there's no wrong, there's no such thing as sin. This life is all there is to it, so you better party hardy. But Jesus said about the devil in Matthew 8 and 44, he's the father of lies and there is no truth in him. But not only does Satan lie, but he lures. He lures. Somebody said Satan has a trap designed to fit every foot. The devil knows what our weaknesses are. And this is where he sets a trap for us. He arranges circumstances in our lives. Just as the Lord arranges circumstances in our lives, so the devil arranges certain uh, situations and arranges circumstances in our lives. He strategically places a naked Bathsheba on the rooftop, right next to the rooftop of King David, at the precise time that David is out for a stroll. He sets you up. He sets you up by placing you alone in a motel room with X-rated movies available. He arranges for you to be all by yourself with somebody else's money when you are desperately in need of money. 
He says, go ahead and take some. You, you can doctor the books. Nobody will ever find out. And besides all of that, this is a big company. That you need the money a whole lot more than your company does. Yes, friend, the devil knows how to arrange our circumstances. He lures us. He entices us. He encourages us to yield. Oh, the Bible said he even did that with Jesus Christ in the wilderness temptation. Not only does Satan lie and lure, but friend, he laughs. He laughs. Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16, beginning with verse 23. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to rejoice. And they said, our God has delivered into our hands Samson, our enemy. When the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, Our God has delivered into our hands our enemy, the destroyer of our land, and the one who multiplied our dead. And so it happened, when their hearts were merry, that they said, Call for Samson, that he may perform for us. So they called for Samson from the prison, and he performed for them, and they stationed him between the pillars. Samson, Satan had Samson right where he wanted him. Where, where is Samson's God now? Where is the Spirit of God that would come mightily in time past upon Samson? Satan makes sport of Samson to the Philistine. He, he, he laughs at Samson. Oh, Samson has been duped. He has been brought down. He has been delivered into the hands of the enemy. And you hear me this morning saying Satan is, is not your friend. I said, the devil is not your friend. Oh, oh, he's a liar. He's a manipulator. He's a cheat. And he will do anything and he will say anything that he has to to get you to turn away from God. And turn away from the ways of God and turn towards him. But friend, once the enemy of our soul has us in his clutches, once he has lured us away from God, once he has caught us in his trap, he will laugh at you. He will make sport of you. He will put you on display for the whole world. To see. Two things about sin this morning. Number one, sin seduces. Number two, this morning, sin reduces. Judges chapter 16 and verse 21. Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison. Friends, sin reduced Samson. Stripping him of three things. Stripping him, number one, of his distinction. His distinction. Oh, Samson forfeited his Nazarite vow. His hair was never to be cut, but he yielded to Delilah and told her eventually everything. Oh, and where his strength lay. And Judges 16 and 19 says she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave Samson's head. Notice this morning she lulled him to sleep. She lulled him to sleep. How many men and women of God have been lulled to sleep on the lap of the enemy? Friend, you know what you have been doing is wrong. You know where you have been going is not edifying your spirit. You know you are slipping farther and farther and farther and farther away from God. But you just continue to lay in the lap of Delilah and let her lull you to sleep. 
Let me tell you, my friend, when you wake up, you'll wake up powerless. Samson loses his distinction as a, as a man of God, a Nazarite, separated, special, called out. But not only does he lose his distinction, he also loses his dignity. Oh, Samson was known by everybody in the country. Everybody knew about this superhuman man. He was known as a powerful man. There was no other man like him. He, as I said, was the original superman. The Bible says that he killed a lion with his bare hands. The Bible said that he destroyed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a dead donkey. Oh, I can just see as people were walking along. Oh, no doubt people would point at him and and they would point him out to their kids and they would say, that's him, that's him, that's him. And then they would tell their children of his superhuman strength. And now Samson has lost his dignity. His eyes have been poked out and they lead him around like a little dog on a leash. He does the work of a, of a woman or the work of a slave which was very degrading to man in those days. Judges 16 and 21, he became a grinder in the prison house. Friends, sin has taken him from the pinnacle to the pit. Think of of the people in our day who, like Samson, fell from the pinnacle to the pit. I don't mean this to be unkind. I simply use it as an illustration. But think of men like Jimmy Swaggart. Perhaps... Perhaps there's been no other preacher besides Billy Graham that had the notoriety of this man and this preacher, Jimmy Swaggart, in his heyday. His name was was known all over the world. His television ministry reached into 140 different countries. His ministry revenue was over $100 million a year when this was unheard of. Nobody, nobody was even close to that. But his sin took him from the pinnacle to the pit. Everybody remembers his tearful confession on television with quivering lips saying, I have sinned. Comedians had a field day for years. He repented. His ministry still goes on today. But it's but a shadow. But a shadow of its former glory. Like Samson, he lost his distinction. And he lost his dignity. Samson also lost his defense. Judges 16 and 20, but, but he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Oh, Samson thought, God is with me, and there's absolutely nothing that I can do that's going to change that. But he was wrong. 
Isaiah 59 and 2 says, Your sins have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden His face from you so that He will not hear you. Hear me, my friend. You cannot have it both ways. I said you cannot have it both ways. You cannot walk with God and run with the world at the same time. You cannot party on Saturday night and pray on Sunday morning. Not effectively anyway. And too many saints today are like Samson was. Oh, he wanted what he wanted, but he forgot what the consequences were. Let me say it again this morning. God will allow you to have whatever it is you want. And he will allow you to do whatever it is that you want to do, my friend. But there will be consequences. Two things about sin. Number one, sin seduces. Number two, sin reduces. We're talking about the rise and the fall of Samson. So far we've talked about the negative side of Samson. He wanted what he wanted and he didn't care what the rules were. He wanted what he wanted and he forgot what the consequences were. But now let's talk about the positive side of Samson. Samson had a comeback. Samson had a comeback. Number three this morning, he wanted what he wanted and he was willing to give his life to get it. He wanted what he wanted and he was willing to give his life to get it. Judges 16 and 22 says, however, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. I've got some good news for somebody here today. You say, thank you, Pastor. It's about time. I've got some good news for somebody here today. Oh, that dream. You know that dream that you once had for your life? The dream that life has crushed. The dream that perhaps you forfeited through a series of bad choices. That dream that you gave up long, long ago. Remember that dream? Can you remember that dream? Oh, I've got good news for you this morning. And the good news is God wants to revive that dream. He wants to resurrect that dream. He wants to restore that dream this morning. Friend, it's never too late for God to fulfill the dream that He originally placed in your Heart. Samson was born a Nazarite. He would die a Nazarite. He was born to be used mightily of God to defeat the enemy of God's people. He would die being used of God to defeat the armies, the enemy of God's people. I believe Samson knew his purpose in life. Oh, yes, he deviated from this purpose for a season, but but he returned to this purpose in the end. Samson wanted what he wanted, and he was willing to give his life in order to get it. Notice how he got it. First of all, he prayed. He prayed, Judges 16 and 28, Samson called to the Lord. He called to the Lord saying, Oh Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray. Oh, just this once. Friend, if you have abandoned your dream, 
If you want God's dream for your life today to return, if you want that dream that you once had up inside of you to be resurrected today, let me encourage you simply to pray today. Call out to God. Ask God to restore the dream. Repent of forsaking the dream. Ask God to do in you and through you what you know He originally wanted to do in and through your life. Not only did Samson pray, He partnered. He partnered. Judges 16 and 26, Samson said to, notice he said, to the lad. He said to the lad who held him by the hand, let me feel the pillars which support the temple so that I can lean on them. You see, Samson not only called out to God to resurrect the dream, he not only prayed, he not only called out on God, oh, that he, that the dream that he had, oh, the touch of God that he once had upon his life would return. Not only did he call out to God, but he also partnered with man. He was blind. They had poked out his eyes. He couldn't see. Oh, he didn't know where he was. He needed somebody. Oh, he couldn't do it by himself. He couldn't do it alone. If he was going to do what he was going to do, he was going to have to have some help in getting it done. He needed somebody to position him between the main pillars that held up the temple of the false god Dagon. Friend, if we're going to fulfill God's dream in our lives, we're going to have to partner with other people. I said, if we're going to fulfill, oh, the dream that God has placed in our life, if we're going to do, oh, what God has placed upon our lives to do, if we're going to do that, oh, we're not going to be able to do it all by ourselves. Let me tell you, we can do very little by ourselves. That's one of the reasons we are gathered here today. Well, I understand we're here to worship. I understand we're here to grow and hear the Word of God and all of those things. But we're also here today, amen, to partner together because I can't do very much by myself and you can't do very much by yourself and you can't do very much for yourself. How? Oh, and you can't do very much for it by yourself at all. Oh, as we gather together and we partner together and we work together, we can do incredible, unbelievable things for God. Together we can fulfill God's dream. Friend, if everybody in the church just does their own thing, and there's a lot of lone rangers that go to church. They don't need anybody. They don't even care if Tonto's there. If everyone in the church just does their own thing, very little is going to be accomplished for God. But if we can all get on the same page, if we can all get united around our core values, incredible things can be accomplished together. Not only did Samson pray, not only did Samson partner, but number three, he paid the price. Judges 16 and 30, then Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all of his might the giant pillars. And the temple fell on the Lord's and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he killed in his life. You say, Pastor, it's just too late for me. I once had a dream. I once had a dream. God, he called me to do some certain thing in my life. But that was 10 years ago. That was 20 years ago. That was 30 years ago. Pastor, it's too late for me. I'm too old now. God can do in a moment, my friend, incredible things. Samson did more in his death than he did in his life. He 
accomplished more how, on the last thing that he did than everything else he did all wrapped up together. It's never too late for us, my friend. It's never too late for us to allow God to fulfill his will in our life. Samson wanted what he wanted and he was willing to give his life for it. He said, put me in between the pillars, the main pillars. Oh, and he prayed and he asked God for strength and then he pulled those pillars not only down upon himself but down upon all of the enemy of God. Changed the destiny of his people with one act. How about you this morning? Do you want what you want? And you are willing to go for it. As long as no one offends you. I know what I want and I'm willing to go after it. As long as I don't get offended in the process. Let me tell you, if you do anything for God, you're going to get offended. Because there's some offensive people out there. And they're not all outside the church. Oh, I know what I want, and I'm willing to go for it as long as it's easy. Well, it wasn't easy for Samson to pull the pillars down, knowing that not only are 3,000 Philistines going to be killed, but he's going to lose his life in the process. How about you? Do you want what you want, and you're willing to go for it as long as... As you get recognition. As long as they put my name in the bulletin. As long as pastor mentions my name on the platform. As long as I get a plaque. I'm willing. I'm willing to do. what. Oh, oh, I want what I want. And I'm willing to go for it. As long as they give me some recognition. For doing it. Do you want what you want and you're willing to go for it? As long as you get paid to do it. Let me tell you something that ticks me off. Preachers tick me off. Pastors that when they're not pastoring, they don't go to church. That ticks me off. Evangelists, if they're not preaching, they ain't going. Ticks me off. I tell you, when I wasn't pastoring, I still went to church. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. When I'm on vacation, it's Sunday. But Dad, but Dad, we're on vacation. Yeah, we are. But we're not on vacation from God. Am I being legalistic about it? No. It's not a legalistic thing. Would I go to hell if I missed a Sunday when I was on vacation and didn't go to church? No. Tell you something, I don't just preach. I don't just collect a salary. I want to be a genuine man of God. Amen? 
I want to be an example whether I've got a position or I don't have a position. How about you? Do you want what you want and you're willing to go for it as long as you feel appreciated? Oh, do you want what you want and you're willing to go for it as long as they do it your way? Ooh, your lucky time is over. You chose the right service. We have no timeline in the second one. Worship team, get back in place this morning. Or are you like Samson was at the end? He knew what he wanted and he was willing to give his life to get it. Samson knew what it was like to have the touch of God upon his life. And he, was, he knew what it, was like for a, what it was like for a period of time when the touch of God was taken from him. And he was willing to give his life for the touch of God, for the Spirit of God. For the presence of God to one more time just. Samson said, God, I'm willing to give my life for just one more touch. Just one more time. If the Spirit of God would come upon me, I'll die for that. Oh, maybe you're here this morning. It's been a long, long time since you've had the touch of God upon your life. Oh, like Samson, oh, there was a time when you had the touch of God, the Spirit of God, oh, was upon you, oh, God worked in and through your life, but for whatever reason, you lost the touch of God, the Spirit of God was withdrawn from you. Today, you're desperate like Samson, you say, I'm willing, I'm willing to give my very life, if I might just feel the touch of God, just one more. Your heads are bowed this morning. Your eyes are closed today. Nobody's leaving this building this morning unless you have a baby crying. Then please do so. It will be a help to all. I've got two questions this morning. And the first question this morning is, like Samson, you say, I have played by my own rules. I have done my own thing. I have disregarded the consequences. I want to to repent today. I'm desperate today for the touch of God one more time upon my life. If I've described you this morning, real quickly, lift your hand up real high. Lift your hand up real high in this sanctuary. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. How many others this morning? How many others today? How many others today? How many others today? I played by my own rules. I've been doing my own thing. I've disregarded the consequences. I'm ready to repent today and cry out to God. I'm desperate for the touch of God to come back upon my life. Anyone else? All right. Another question that I have for you this morning. This is for another group of people. I want to be like Samson was at the end of his life. 
I want to recapture my dream. I've lost that dream. Well, that dream has laid dormant far too long. And I'm willing today to give my life to the fulfillment of God's dream in my life. If I've described you, let me see your hand this morning, all over this room, this morning, all over this room. Hands being lifted everywhere. Hands being lifted everywhere. Everyone stand with me this morning. Everyone stand with me this morning. We had a dozen people to raise their hand this morning, whether it was for the first question or the second question matters not. As Pastor Carl begins to lead us in a chorus in just one moment, when he begins to lead, I'm opening these altars this morning. Whether you uh, raised your hand for the first question or the second, maybe you didn't raise your hand at all, but you need to respond today. These altars are open this morning. Let's move very, very quickly. We're a little over time this morning, but I'm not going to stop what the Lord wants to do this morning. So let's move very quickly. Let's respond as Pastor Carl begins to lead us. If you responded to either one of those questions or you didn't, but you know you need to be here, get down here as quick as you can. Amen. Let God begin to move and minister in your life this morning. Come on. Come on. Right now. Come on. There's a dozen hands. At least 12. Come on. Move quickly. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Come on. Keep coming. Come on. Come on. Don't sit there. Don't let the devil rob you. Amen. Come on. Whether you need to repent or whether or not you need to have the fire of of your dream reactivated this morning. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on on this morning. Come on. Come on. One, two, three, four. Out of about a dozen this morning. Come on. Let's respond this morning. Let's respond this morning. Come on down. Come on. Come on this morning. Come on this morning. If you're an altar worker this morning, I invite you to come and work with these that have come this morning. There's others that need to come. There's others that need to come. Step out of where you are this morning. Respond. Step out of your seat and come on down and respond this morning. Come on. The altars are open for everybody this morning. For everybody this morning. Let's make a, a step forward today. Let's make a step forward today. Let's make a step forward today. Thank you.